0: Welcome to the 84 million podcast. Um, Today we have as our guest, Mr. Diego Rarar Salazar. Um, He's been in the cryptocurrency space for about six years. Uh, He's a privacy maximalist and has gained respect for his privacy minded ideals. He was formerly very active, I know, in the uh, the Monero community. Uh He's a designer and committed to excellent user experiences. He's currently responsible for the Stack Wallet, Stack Dual Wallet, an open source wallet, as well as other privacy projects with his small developing firm, Cypher Stack. Um, He's not expressly found on X, but I do have him linked uh, at Stack underscore Wallet, because that's where you can find that project of his. So hi, Diego. Welcome to the show. Uh, I know I reached out after reading your outline on Stack, and of course, that's the topic today. I want to okay. I want to talk a lot about your wallet um, and things around your wallet, but before we begin just um tell us who you are as the, as the man, what brought you into the space, what keeps you in this in the space despite all the changes um, which seem constant in the crypto environment. Yeah.
1: Well, hello everybody. Uh, as you said, my name is Diego Salazar and uh really happy to be on the show. Always happy to talk with more like-minded people. Uh the I mean my story is pretty simple and it's, I'd say it's uh, similar to a bunch of different people in a lot of ways, a little different in some ways. You know, I found uh, cryptocurrency, actually I didn't find cryptocurrency looking for kind of the ideological stuff or looking to make money per se. I found cryptocurrency because, you know, when I got started as a designer, I'm like, well, you know, design is a very saturated field and it still is these days, I need a niche. And about a year prior to that point, I had kind of poked around cryptocurrency And as is the case with a lot of open source stuff, you know, just the designs were not great. And I was like, ah, you know, that that might be a, you know, cryptocurrency is money, right? So they must have some money, right? And (laughs) so maybe that could be my little niche. So I actually came about trying to peddle my wares, kind of make a niche for myself. And then uh, I found Monero first, actually, before I even found Bitcoin, I found Monero. And, you know, Monero was like, oh, yeah, you know, that sounds good if you want to do things like help us with our website and stuff. But why don't you read up on us a little bit? And, uh, you know, so you can understand what we're about, our ideals, So you can make something good. So I started reading and I started reading, I'm like, hey, man, this is like, this is actually kind of cool stuff. (laughs) You know, this is, this is something that can solve a lot of issues, you know, remittance stuff, you know, like starts tackling in a decentralized way, the monopoly that government has on currency issuance and like all sorts of different things. And the more I read, the more I'm like, yeah, you know, this isn't just a little niche I can carve for myself. This is like. This is something that aligns with my personal ideals already. Um, this is a, an area that I really like to uh, be involved in. And obviously, since Monero was kind of my entry point, a lot of that privacy stuff was just hammered into my head. I've always been pretty privacy minded, but, you know, it, it just kept going and kept going from there. And uh, I, I don't know what keeps me here is that I love science. If, and that, that may seem a little strange to say, but, you know, I, I view of cryptocurrency as... One big experiment, a lot of parallel running experiments, all sorts of different things. And that's kind of one of the big reasons I'm not a, a Bitcoin maximalist or even a Monero maximalist, so to speak, is because there's a lot of value in these experiments being running uh, concurrently in parallel at the same time because somebody's doing something one way and somebody's doing something a different way. And that way, I don't really take a, a stance on the kind of like the BTC BCH debate as yeah. well um, uh, because they, they chose uh, two different two different paths of an experiment to take. And while the rabid fans of either or um, are very quick to denounce and say that the other ones are brain dead and stupid and stuff, these are not experiments that have been run before. Mm -hmm. So nobody can say with absolute certainty, well, this happened in the past and la-di-da-di-da. So um, the thing that I really focus on is that, you know, I don't know who the winners are going to be. I don't pretend to know anyone who does pretend to know uh is probably trying to sell you something or scam you. Uh I just want to make sure that no matter who those winners are, that there are privacy tools and features available for them to use with those winners. Right. And obviously it's not possible for me to make a privacy tool for every coin and and you know layer two and everything out there because there's just so, so many. But you know, I, I try to pick as good as good as I can and work alongside. There's already some cool efforts. I don't have to reinvent every wheel, right? Uh, there's already cool efforts with Litecoin, Mimblewimble, you know, with BCH, Cash Fusion, with uh, Bitcoin uh, Whirlpool. So uh, made by great people, smart people, and so really just trying to side, uh, you know, go alongside each of these people and see how can I be helpful. And a lot of those ways is in design because you got some really smart people, some really good cryptographers, some really good protocol designers, and they're like, and here's how you use it, and it's a command line, or it's a really, <laughs> it's a really ugly, gooey interface, and they're like. No, no, no. We 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 got to do better than that. So um, then, kind of one of the big reasons I started Stack Wallet, right, is because I just didn't feel that there was an. And I know this is kind of jumping into the next question, so to speak.
0: But it's exactly uh, the next question. But go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Stack Wallet. <laughs> uh,
1: what what's the deal there? Um, there? There's kind of a couple of reasons. Uh, all of the current multi coin wallets. Okay, first of all, let me take a step back. Stack Wallet was made for me. Right. I hold various coins and I'm thinking to myself, I don't have a way to hold these coins safely in an open source way without installing 10 different things on my phone or desktop. Right. It's just it's ridiculous. There are obviously things out there like Exodus is, you know, the big boy in the space, but they're closed source trust wallet, but they are open core, meaning the very core of their software is open source. But all the stuff around it is not. It's closed. Um, and I, I just don't think that's acceptable. I just don't think it's acceptable that we don't have a really good, well designed, completely 100% holding nothing back open source wallet. I get why the others don't do it. It's really scary because someone can just fork Stack Wallet tomorrow. And if they have a million dollars, they can market it better than I ever could and mm. effectively put me out of business. And like, that's scary. But, you know, I got to put my. I gotta you know, walk the walk um, and not just talk the talk. And I am a big believer in open source. And so when I said, okay, well, I want something that's well-designed for privacy stuff. I want something that's completely open source and it's not out there yet. I have to be the one to make it. And so, you know, uh, got, got my little team together and uh, started on Stackwall. And that's kind of how our journey started. And uh, we've been trucking along for about a year and a half as far as Stackwall goes. goes. Cypherstack proceeds Cypherstack is the little design infrastructure research development firm that I have that, you know, works with different clients in the cryptocurrency space and out of it that precedes Stack Wallet um, and Stack is kind of Cypherstack's first and flagship offering, so to speak, we did not take a traditional VC funded route. Mm -hmm. So we are not sitting on millions to work on this. Uh, we have ways to monetize in the app, which is similar to other wallets. If you make swaps via the third-party uh, swaps like Change Now, Trocador, Majestic Bank, we get a commission based off of those. Um, same with purchasing in-app with debit card through Simplex. You know, we've, we've got a couple of ways to monetize. We're nowhere near in the black yet. Um, I'm basically funding all this out out of my own pocket. So if you can donate, please do so. StackWallet.com slash donate. But uh, in the meantime, like it's, it's good, it's fun. And we're able to uh, work on the things that I want to work on. That's kind of one of the benefits of not being traditionally VC funded, right? Is that uh, nobody's coming here. So, okay, but like, how do we monetize further? And how do we monetize more? Like I can say, okay, let's work on the privacy stuff. Doesn't make us any money, but uh, that's the stuff that needs to happen. So in a four or five minute diary of a nutshell, that's, that's kind of me, Stack Wallet all this kind of stuff
0: okay very good i want to actually back up a little bit because i, I know you and i pro, i mean i'm not a coder U, ui ux so mm-hmm. you've got that on me but we've been around the space a little while i think there's mm-hmm. some principles from the early days of crypto that we would still embody to a degree when they might have been lost on many other people sadly um but this idea of open source I'm Mm -hmm. not going to assume everybody listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube knows what open source is. So why is it important? What is open source and why is it important? Why do you value open source for stack?
1: Yeah. So open source code is the idea that anyone is able to see the code, uh, manipulate the code, distribute the code, change the code. Um, Anyone can contribute. When you think about things like, uh, the software that we use on a day-to-day basis windows google skype all of these things has have code behind it but nobody except for the employees that work on it and the businesses that own it get to see this code um this is to protect their intellectual property this is so nobody can copy what they're doing if they've got kind of a unique claim to fame so to speak there's a lot of reasons why you don't want people to see your code one of the many reasons people don't want others to see their code is because oftentimes the code is bad and the code is poorly written and there's a lot of holes and area, and attack surface and they just don't want to expose themselves to that kind of thing. Um, that's what they say anyway. Open source, once again, is this idea that anyone can look at the code. Anyone can copy the code, distribute the code, modify the code, fork the code to do the same thing but slightly differently. And we open source champions think that open source is actually safer because so many people get to look at the code and you're going to have some good actors and some bad actors, but over time just with so many eyeballs able to look at the code and try to kind of pick at it and tear at it and see what breaks and what works that uh, more bugs are going to be brought to light sooner. Hopefully of the vast majority of them by good actors that just want to see the code improved and they can either, point you in the right direction as a developer or make those fixes themselves if they have the coding capability and uh, make a request to modify the code that you can then approve or deny. Um, And in this way, you can't just kind of roll out a feature um, that is I mean you can roll out a feature and if it's broken, but like it's going to get caught by somebody um, and they're going to say, hey, you know, I, I was looking through your code and, and this is what we this is what we found. Um, so it leads to more stable, more safe code in the long term. But it also keeps people honest because let's say I was to start aggressively monetizing Stack Wallet, you know, in a way that is detrimental to people's privacy by collecting their data and then selling it to third parties, which we don't do. Um, but let's say I started implementing that into stack wallet. Well, because my code is open source. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned is the ability to freely copy and modify and put out your own thing. Somebody could say, we don't like this way that the thing that you're doing here, we don't like the way that you've, that you've done this. I'm going to fork the code, which is a, which is a term that means copy your entire code base and make changes of my own to it and kind of distribute it as my own product. And, uh, I'm going to do the. Th- I'm going to take out those controversial things that you wanted. I'm going to take out that aggressive privacy uh, uh, harming stuff where you take our stuff and sell to third parties and then distribute it. And then because that is the better way to do things, I would lose all of my users and they would go to that hypothetical wallet. Um, so it it is a way to force people to be honest and ideologically consistent and not make decisions that are detrimental to their users because somebody will just fork it. Sometimes forks happen for good reasons like those. Sometimes they happen for slightly silly reasons. Like somebody says, I really don't like the color that you chose of your buttons. You're refusing to change it. So I'm going to fork it and make those colors the way that I want. And, you know, in that case, maybe they're the only ones that use that fork and that's great. Or maybe everybody agrees and they go with that. So it's actually very interesting. It, It shifts the power play away from the software creators and towards the users, which Anything that takes power away from corporations and puts it back in the hands of people is the correct direction, in my opinion. Uh, Once again, it does come with drawbacks because uh, somebody can fork your stuff um, because you can't aggressively uh, monetize this thing, which is why, you know, after a year and a half, we're still you know, relying on donations and uh, things like that, as opposed to a lot of these other people who can aggressively monetize their thing and you either, your choices are to stop using the product that you're used to or to keep using it. And the vast majority of users will just keep using it. Um, so there are drawbacks, but the the ideals are too strong in me. Uh, and I, I truly believe open source is the way for all the reasons I mentioned before. Uh, so it's it's something that I hold uh, I, my my company and my uh, products to, to that very high standard.
0: Well said. Thank you for explaining some of that. I think it's important mm-hmm. to consider. And yeah, Exodus is awesome, but few people might realize it's a locked box, unlike the stacked wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kind of move into some features. Um, I remember seeing the short with Alexa, who I believe is part of your team. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was showcasing Litecoin Labs Moonbirds in her wallet, and uh, it was amazing because the ordinals rendered so beautifully. And um, then I discovered there was Coin Control in it. I downloaded it and kind of, kind of uh, tinkered with it. So that was built in. And and of course, this was amazing because I had ordinals in Litecoin core, which we weren't even sure if it would handle them. Um, But again, there's coin control there too. Nothing renders. It's very rudimentary, but it's good. I like core. Core is, it's a node. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of things that are great, but it's not the interface like stack. So I just thought it was super cool to see Litecoin with ordinal support as a feature for me. And I know everybody that I've sent an ordinal to, um, I've tweeted out about it, <laughs> you know, just cause mm. it was so neat and clean and gorgeous. I only know of two wallets and yours is one of them that renders them. And, mm. uh, yours certainly has the upper hand, at least at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's something that I like. We'll talk about some of the stuff you love in your, mm-hmm. your app, but maybe before we go there, uh, it seems like you rolled out ordinal support pretty quickly. And I'm yeah. curious what, how you did that, what led you to it? And we're super appreciative, Like coin. Yeah.
1: Um, so all of this, all cards on the table, all of this was a happy accident. Once again, in the pursuit of privacy, I was like, okay, we need coin control. For those of you who don't know what coin control is, it's a way where you can kind of pick which outputs, pick which bills, dollar bills, so to speak, um, you use. And uh, without getting too, too technical, it helps to increase your privacy because if you use the wrong ones in conjunction with each other, it could leak some metadata about who you are or where those funds came from or potentially where they're going. So coin control is an advanced user feature. Um, It's something most people don't deal with if you use a regular wallet because all of the, the outputs, all of the bills, so to speak, are chosen for you. Um, but for anyone who is very privacy conscious, um, and in fact to use uh, uh, many privacy tools down the road, such as Whirlpool, Cash Fusion, it, it's it's helpful to have this uh, feature. So I, I I told my team we need to have this. It's very important. It's a stepping stone to a lot of other privacy tools. It's a good privacy thing in its own right um, for all transparent coins like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, etc. So we put that in there and. I didn't think anything of it. We got it in there, it was good. I said, great, we have this. And we got like two or three hoorays from Twitter from the privacy people that appreciate the work that we do. A, a couple months go by, we're working on other features now, we're doing these other things. And all of a sudden, the Stack Wallet Twitter just starts blowing up because some Litecoin people are like, guys, Stack Wallet supports Litecoin ordinals. <laughs> I'm like, we, we do? What are you talking about? Um, and for those of you who don't know what ordinals are, you know they're they're uh, pictures, although they don't have to be pictures, they' are pieces of data that reside on the blockchain and are inscribed into um, into some of these outputs into some of these uh, uh, bills, so to speak. But you want to have fine uh, control over these bills because if the software you're using is choosing the outputs for you on a regular transaction it might take the one that has your art piece or that bit of data that you need on it and send it away mm-hmm. and you didn't mean to send it you wanted that to stay in the wallet you wanted it to choose different bills but if you don't have any control it might send that away so you if you're uh, playing with ordinals you want to have coin control because you can freeze certain outputs lock them and say never use these for transactions um, and I just, I just didn't know that most wallets, not just for Litecoin, but kind of in general, especially most mobile wallets, don't have coin control. Mm-hmm. They don't have the ability uh, to to do this. So, like, yes, you'll have some specialty ordinals wallets that will let you do that, but you know, they they're optimized for for ordinals and non optimized for regular transactions. So once again, this is an additional software I would have to download on my phone one for regular transactions one for ordinal transactions and be sure not to mix those. Whereas in stack wallet, you could do both. In fact, stack wallet will kind of automatically detect if there's an incoming output that has an ordinal and it will just auto freeze it for you. So you don't accidentally send it. Uh, we, we take a few precautions to make sure that, you know, even the people that aren't quite hundred percent sure of what they're doing on the technical level, don't accidentally shoot themselves in the foot and ruin themselves. Um, uh, And so after that kind of was blowing up on Twitter and people and people were writing tutorials, how to use stack wallet for your ordinals. And I was looking at this and I was like, Oh shoot. (laughs) Okay, cool. Like, you know, in the pursuit of privacy, I accidentally unlocked something that, you know, makes stack wallet useful for an entirely different group of people for an entirely different reason, but you know, great. Good for us. And I'm not going to lie, man, our, our downloads like tripled overnight. (laughs) So uh, I said, okay, well, clearly there's a market here. I mean, I've known what ordinals are. I I keep up with the news in the space. Um, It was not necessarily something I was looking to tackle right, right away. I've wanted to put them in stack for a while, Um, but that was, you know, privacy first and all that. I'm like, well, you know, we want to make sure that these people are taken care of. Mm-hmm. So we started looking what software exists out there. You know, what do we have to do to display the ordinals? What do we have to do to, like I said, auto freeze it? Is there any way that, you know, we can just make it so we can auto detect these things and and have some advanced settings for power users. And um, a lot of the software has already been written by other superheroes of the Litecoin space. And, you know, this would also lead to uh, the ability to do similar things for Bitcoin. So it was just a good decision all around. Um, so we put in that effort, and yeah, we got we got it out. We got it out pretty quick. I'm pretty proud of the at this of the speed at which we were able to get those things out. And um, I mean, I want Stack Wallet to kind of be the one stop shop for, first of all, all things privacy for sure. But exactly. second, like, if there's a cool thing, again, this is all an experiment. Although this whole cryptocurrency thing is an experiment. If there is something cool that is being done with cryptocurrency. I want it in Wallet, And ordinals is one of those things. So uh, we put that out, we got the gallery. You can tap on the inscription itself to to take a look at it and you can unfreeze it and and send it uh, it out if you need to or want to. And uh, I'm actually really happy with how it turned out. Not only did we get a couple ordinals from some of the big ordinal people in the space as thanks, but uh, we inscribed our own and we are actually currently working with a Litecoin Uh, developer where you will be able to inscribe your own ordinals in from within stack wallets very yeah so you're not you're not going to need to go to an external website or anything and then have it sent to you you'll be able to go into your stack Wallet and make your own ordinals that you can then you know do with what you like from
0: your camera or your gallery or whatever you can just yeah (laughs) that's pretty cool yeah i know there's light scribe and things but because you yeah. already have a wallet, right? So you could self-funded, right? Because normally, if you yep. use an other one, you have to send it out, have it come back. Yep. You know, that's pretty yep. cool to to see that that's coming on the radar. Very cool. Yep. And I'll just have a glimpse here. I don't know if anybody can see this. Probably not good. I did a screenshot earlier rather than log into my actual one. Sorry, it's it's too bright. <laughs> you can't see no. my you can't see my ordinals, but it looks really really good. Um, it's just super. And if I would click on them and open it up, you could see the you know the dates, times, you know, all the data with it. So. Very cool, little button ordinals, and then right above it, it's one that says coin control. So, uh, again, I've this is the only wallet that I've recommended anybody use. <laughs> Not that there are a Thank lot you. of options, <laughs> but still, yeah. you're definitely uh, first, probably first arriver to my knowledge in this, and it's it's mm. it's gorgeous. So, anyway, I wanted to talk about that and just say I'm a personal fan. So, really cool. Um, in terms of other things um that your wallet does um mm. uh, well before we go there i'm gonna actually back sure. up a bit um do you anticipate because we're going to get into the privacy stuff um do you anticipate adding litecoin mweb the Mimblewimble wimble extension block support for confidential transactions um again if if you're new to this topic our first episode on the show was with david burkett he's the gentleman that kind of. Um, is responsible for the majority of that code. Now, granted, there's multiple coders, a handful, <laughs> not armies of them, but Litecoin does have a fund supporting coders and developers in the Litecoin project. Um, but he he was the leader of that. Um, and I believe he's with, he was with Grin formerly. But anyway, oh. check out that episode if, you, if you're not familiar with MWeb already. But it is a con, uh, confidential transactions as an optional um, extension block off of Off of litecoin so it's not using a a second layer or beyond it's it's still on chain it's just kind of i don't even know if it's a side chain i'll just use the term it's an extension block uh you know block you know 1.5 between one and two something like this Uh, so do you do you see stack implementing mweb support
1: absolutely it's, I mean, that's, that's not even a question for us. Um, we are currently watching because the m- ability to do it with light wallets like ours, which do not run their own full node mm-hmm. is in production. Last I checked, which admittedly was like a couple of months ago. So hopefully it's moved a little bit from there. We've been a little busy with some other things, but, um, as soon as that is ready to go to be able to use member Wimble extension blocks, uh, on light wallets such as ours then yes i want it in and it's going to be a pretty high priority to get in it's one of the cool technologies i think Litecoin has to me like everything is a catch-22 right because you have this new technology and few people are using it and that's kind of the reality right now with Mimblewimble extension blocks there's a a lot of people using it correct right but and that's that's kind of the thing right it's only on one software very few people have access to it or no or it's kind of a little bit confusing to use stack wallet if if we get that out there and it's available for mobile, we also have our desktop apps, you know, you can use it there. You can use it. um, You know, you also want to have your Bitcoin and your Bitcoin cash and your other things in the wallet as well. You'll be able to use all of that from within there. And it's going to have good user experience. That's our that's our big thing. You know, if it doesn't have good user experience, then we keep hammering in the UX room until it does. So when Wimble extension blocks is available, For mobile, yes, we're going to try to get that in there as fast as possible and with as good user experience as you're going to get anywhere in the space. We are top of the line across the board. And uh, if I can brag about us, we have done a damn good job of making sure that our UX is really good. So you can expect that same level, if not better, for mobile extension blocks, which I want in there 100%.
0: Awesome. Yeah. It's terrific. And uh, I love the, the enthusiasm. I'm sure, uh, you know, you're going to, well, anyway, we're again, Litecoiners are grateful for what you've done and what you're going to do. I'm optimistic. You'll get it in there just from David. I know he does, uh, updates on the regular. He, he puts them Mm -hmm. on his X account and you can follow them and, and, and things like this. Um, I asked him actually earlier today, um, just regarding, I said, any idea when the code for mobile will be ready-ish, um, et cetera, et cetera. He said, the spec for syncing MWeb transactions has been available for a while now. They won't be uh, able to actually sync until the new Litecoin core release, but mobile devs should be able to get started on the code anytime. It's a non-trivial task, so it would mm-hmm. take some time until we see... A mobile version. So I guess there's some things you can do now if you want to get a leg up, but uh, it looks sure. like Litecoin Core has got to be there's a, there's a there's a new iteration of that that'll allow it to happen.
1: And you know that's that's one of the you know, going into one of the downsides of open source, non-traditional VC funding is that it's really difficult for us to work on these things without some sort of funding. Um, You know, you had mentioned that there are funds for people to work on this stuff. I'd love to get connected with the people in the Litecoin Foundation or whatever it is and say, hey, if we were to make a a Dart library because that's what we're coded in Dart Flutter, which is kind of the the thing a lot of mobile stuff is in right now these days. Mm-hmm. And we would make it all open source, so it's not just going to benefit us, right? If we were to make a Dart library for MemberWimble extension blocks, we would make it so that way anyone and everyone could use it. We're not selfish in that sense. And uh, you know, if if they were willing, if they were down to to help fund that and get that going, then I'd be I'd be like, give me all the money, and we'll do all the code, and we'll get it out to everybody, and then everyone can benefit. Yeah. Uh, um. If not, then we'll tackle it at our pace, you know a little got to chip it out a little bit at a time as resources become available and um it's going to get in there it 's just a matter of you know speed and resources and stuff, but it's going to be it 's going to be there and it's going to be good
0: yeah so. <laughs> that's great and yeah uh, you know, I can't speak for the foundation. you may be able to reach out to them. I know Charlie's been very generous in in many ways in in terms of adoption, and this is certainly a big deal he's focused on, I think it was four years almost between his first Mm. like mention of wanting this to to it actually activating last year. So, um, but I know in the Litecoin community, I mean, we recently forked uh, the mempool into lightspace.org. So we have that now it's gorgeous Mm. and you can look into the blocks. Uh, I think we're working on that with Dogecoin too. Uh, Mm. Indigo Nakamoto on X has led several bounties. So I think at minimum, Mm. we could do a community bounty for this for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah, so that'd be neat.
0: Just a heads up <laughs> and a call to the awesome. Litecoiners listening into indigo and I'll reach out to him. Um was Litecoin always supported in Stack? Um no. We we launched as like Bitcoin
1: Monero Firo. is another really good, excellent privacy coin. And uh we built up a few things around there, but Litecoin was one of the first editions because because it's Litecoin, you know, it's 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 got the prospect and it, I thought it deserved to be one of the big boys up there with us. So uh, it has been supported for quite some time now, but it wasn't there at launch, we launched pretty small on purpose. Uh, just so we could you know get it out there and then see what sort of bugs arose and kind of thing because if we launched with seven eight different coins and then there was issues with all of them (laughs) we'd be running around with like chickens you know headless chickens and uh but once we stabilized a vast portion of that database then all right let's get let's get the litecoin in let's get let's make sure it's a part of it so uh, we definitely wanted to make sure that that litecoin was uh one of the first guys there
0: very good. And in terms of you have Stack, and then you have the Stack Duo. Did Stack Duo come first? And what differentiates the two?
1: No. So Stack Duo is Bitcoin, Monero only, and that happened as a result of um, a fair amount of the market in regards to Bitcoin maximalists were like, "Well, we love Stack, but you know, just a bunch of other coins increases the attack surface and all that kind of stuff." And so uh, it would. Uh, there was enough people talking about wanting something that was Bitcoin Monero only that uh, we felt it was worth putting out. Um, there were several people that wanted Bitcoin only, but one, there's already a lot of Bitcoin only wallets out there that are, you know, decently okay. They they have the most funding out of everybody. So, um, but two, I mean, Monero is just as OG in my opinion. I can't, I can't launch something without Monero, man. Like <laughs> Monero has got to be in there. Um, so, if you use anything beyond Bitcoin and Monero, Stack Wallet is going to be the one that you're going to want to use. If you, for some reason, are listening to this Litecoin podcast and only want Bitcoin and Monero, <laughs> then Stack Duo is the one that you're going to want to use. Um, it's it's been a learning experience and very frustrating because having to maintain these two different code bases on two different repositories is very annoying. And so we are actually working. Um, as one of the up and coming features Mm -hmm. on a very flexible modular code base where you should be able to just kinda uh, give a couple commands and choose which coins you want in the stack wallet and the others won't even appear. So in theory, you'd be able to make a Litecoin only wallet from a stack base if you really wanted to go that direction. Um, And once again, this is kind of scary, right? Because uh, this is something that we feel is necessary for us to upkeep things like Stack Duo and stuff in a way that makes sense. But also, you know, it would allow people to, that don't really care for any other coins, the maximalists of any coins, wherever they may be to have something. But I myself don't plan to put out uh, a Monero only, a Bitcoin only, a Litecoin only, a Bitcoin cash only, which means that other people probably come in and, and make those. And um, off, off the flag of maximalism may take away some of my potential users, which, but you know what? Um, you got to do what you got to do. And you got to, again, open source keeps people honest, right? It, it keeps, it puts power back into the users. And as, as a business person, it you know, that's scary. But as a person that wants to, leave a legacy behind and improve the world and uh make sure that people can have the things that they want to have um that are uh good and in line with their ideals then that's the direction that stack wallet has to go and that's you know an idealistic commitment that we have
0: that's good i I like what you said uh, in one of your other conversations i forget which one it was about how um Monero was what everybody thought they were getting into with Bitcoin, <laughs> mm. but it's actually yeah. but it's actually realized. And of course, with Litecoin getting this kind of fungibility layer, while it's not perfect mm-hmm. privacy. If you stay in mWeb and never peg out, just mWeb to other mWeb, it's pretty darn private. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is opt in, and uh, that allows for some advantages too. Um, you know, liquidity, et cetera. I think South Korea was really the only country that like pulled it from exchanges after MWeb mm-hmm. launch. But other than that, didn't really have much of a trouble or much trouble, I should say. Um, let's detour a little bit. Um, and mm-hmm. I actually do want to talk about Monero. Um, light corners are friendly. You know, I think a lot of us like Monero. Uh, you know, de- let's detour a bit. Uh, you were heavily involved with Monero in the community. Mm-hmm. I know you were very vocal there. You spoke on podcast, YouTube, um, DevCon Uh, different Mm -hmm. things like that. What are your thoughts on Monero today and what inspired your departure, I guess, from that community more um, front and center or, or your, your time devotion shift.
1: So Monero is and continues to be one of the only coins, like probably one of five to 10 coins and definitely on the upper tier of those, probably the number one tier of that, that I think solves the most problems with, the most elegance and the least amount of trade-offs, I would say. If I was to personally choose a winner, it would probably be Monero. Um, It's just, you know, opt-in privacy is is fine, but the bolt-on stuff tends to have a lot of leakages in terms of metadata that you'd rather not be there. And nobody else has really just had the balls to go uh, mandatory privacy for everybody kind of thing um it solves a lot of issues uh some it causes some issues but you know the fungibility thing and 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 all this stuff which everyone has an opinion about is the opt-in good enough for fungibility what how much is good enough fungibility is it a binary is it a spectrum you know we could go on this all day um it's just for my personal ideals and stuff monero is just you know it is It solves, like I said, the most amount of problems with the uh, most elegance and the least amount of trade-offs. So uh, I still hold Monero in extremely high regard. I still take part in the community. Um, I no longer work for the core team. When I was with Monero, I was working for the core team. Um, And, you know, part of the shift that happened there was I thought other projects were also worth investing time into. You know, like I said, I mentioned more than once, Firo is another good privacy project. They're actually coming out with a really, really big uh, uh, next-gen privacy protocol called uh, Lelantis Spark. And it's super, super cool stuff. And actually, Monero's next upgrade plan, Seraphis, was made uh, the two people that that made Spark and made um, Seraphis uh, collaborated pretty heavily and inspired each other in a lot of things. Um, they're, they're still different protocols and do things slightly differently, but um, it was only through kind of the, the, the co-working between the two of them that, Uh, This stuff is coming out. Seraphis doesn't have a launch date for Monero yet, uh, but Spark, Lelantis Spark for Firo is going to be coming out in like January. And me and my team and Cyberstack had a very big hand to play in the fact that Spark exists at all, Um, which is something that I say with great pride, because once again, I like to be on the cutting edge, the forefront of privacy. And uh, so because, you know, because I thought, Other projects were worth working into. There was a lot of friction with uh, different Monero community members because some of them tend to be maximalists and um, I don't blame them. Once again, Monero's, you know, top dog for me, Uh, but, you know, ultimately uh, parted ways in terms of exclusivity and uh, now doing things all over the place. But once again, I am still involved in the Monero community. Uh, I do try to do work there. We do some volunteer work there here at Cypherstack. You know, we do some infrastructure stuff, some uh, uh, we've done uh, a couple of CCS funded things and uh, being contacted for other stuff like audits and whatever, and all of this is public, you know, um, going through the community channels. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are. I'm in no way you know, away from Monero and, and sworn off of those people. Like they're great guys. They're very smart. Uh, smart as a whip and uh, excellent project. So I enjoy working with them whenever I can.
0: So why privacy? Going back to the first principles. um, Yeah. uh, Why should anybody care about privacy? Why is it important to you? What does it look like today? So
1: I live in the first world, specifically America. So um, lack of privacy at present time really the worst that i have to deal with on a day-to-day basis is something like targeted ads right it's not something like loss of money loss of uh freedom or loss of life but that doesn't mean that nowhere in the world is that the case um if i'm designing if if this is supposed to be like the new global standard for currency type stuff and it's supposed to be a freedom tool uh, but there's no privacy then it's not real freedom i don't think it's possible to have true freedom without privacy. And I think all of the people that say it is in terms of like the Bitcoin maxis and stuff that really harp on like, no, it's just, you know, it's the the uncensorability of it. The government can't stop it. Yeah, but okay, somebody sends a million dollars, you know, person A sends a million dollars to person B. Yes, the government can't stop it like they can with bank accounts if it's sent with Bitcoin. But if they can trace it and they know that person b received it then they'll just go put person b in jail right because it wasn't private because they were able to trace it and find out who it was sent to now person b is in jail but guess what bitcoin didn't fail because the government didn't stop it in transit the person b still received the money and i'm sure person b is very very happy from his jail cell that bitcoin didn't fail right um and so to me, not just from a financial perspective, but kind of privacy all around uh, is very important for freedom. I would say integral for freedom. I would go so far as to say you can't separate the two. Um, there are some decent Bitcoin privacy options. Um, I say decent, <laughs> and and I I do mean it. You know, it's better. It's better than nothing. And in many cases, for many adversaries, it's probably good enough. Um, And the same thing, you know, with Mimblewimble extension blocks, like you said, right, if you you park your money there and you leave it there, for the vast majority of adversaries, it's probably good enough, Mm -hmm. Um, especially for those of us in the first world, once again, that we don't really have to deal with severe consequences as a result of privacy leaks or something like that. It's generally going to be good enough, but... Two things, uh, one, people do not do the smartest thing in terms of privacy. Like you said, it's good if you park your money in there and just do mimble-wimble to mimble-wimble, but what about 95% of people that are gonna be putting money in there, taking money out, doing it in such a way that you know leaks um, metadata. I mean, heck, even Monero's not perfect. Monero leaks certain metadata, um, although it tries to minimize that as much as possible. So one, most people aren't gonna be doing it in that way Two, like it's not something that is good. Good privacy often takes more to get right, uh, more effort, more understanding, more uh, clicks of the mouse or taps of the finger, more et cetera, et cetera, to get correctly. And just fewer people do that. And with how large the pan-optical conglomerate is that oversees everything and how much they collect and keep everything. Uh, Privacy is in more danger than ever. And I think that's both really sad and really scary and uh, completely unwarranted. People are treated like um, criminals in waiting rather than kind of innocent until proven guilty. Again, speaking from an American perspective here, And I just don't think that's in line with human rights. I think privacy is a human right. I, uh, you know, it's been shown through studies that when we are observed and known to be observed that we change our behavior, we modify who we are, right? So in a sense, uh, a gigantic all seeing eye makes it so we can never be ourselves, uh, which is really sad to me. Um, I think privacy is very, very important there's so much work being done on uncensorability and uh, decentralization and distributed technology, all of which is also still very important, right? But there's so many dollars pouring into that, and so few dollars, designers, et cetera, pouring into the privacy thing that this is kind of where I've decided to stake my little, stick my little flag in the ground, stake my claim, so to speak, and say, this is where I'm going to contribute. The decentralized people, the uncensorable people, they've got enough. Um, well, relatively speaking right not enough when when you think about you know all the resources out there that could be uh put to this stuff but they've got definitely more um than the privacy people do and you know it's tough man because privacy is a completely separate discipline you you have people that think they understand because they're like oh i understand blockchain i understand how it works and because i understand one thing of this kind of technology I must understand other areas of technology like privacy. Digital privacy is a completely different animal. It's a completely different field that requires different specializations and understandings of game theory, cryptography, all this stuff separate from distributed technology like blockchain. And so you have all these people and they're everywhere. Even people that we look up to in terms of big Bitcoin voices or big voices on Twitter or you know whatever the case, they just don't have a clue. They don't have a clue how any of this stuff works. And they speak with this authority and everyone's like, well, according to this guy who I follow and he's very influential, he thinks that this is enough or this is good. They they have no idea. And not just is privacy a different separate discipline altogether, but understanding how privacy works with an open distributed technology like blockchain, how they actually mesh together, how to bring these two worlds together in a way that makes sense with the least amount of tradeoff. Um, isn't a horrible pain to use. That's something even, you know, that shrinks the field of people who understand all this to an even narrower degree, which is which is a bit of a shame. I totally understand it. You have to know so much and you you, you only have so many hours in the day, man. I got a wife and kid, right? You know, I got things that I got to do. Everyone's busy. Not everyone can spend all 24 hours of their day looking into this stuff 24 um, seven. But I'm very proud to say that Cypherstack has been on the cutting edge of so many privacy advancements uh, in cryptocurrency in general, um, if if you've heard of a privacy project, we've probably had our claws in there at some point in some way, uh, and I'm really proud of what we've accomplished there and uh i this is where we make our difference i guess so why privacy because this is where i feel we can make our difference we've got the team we've got the people behind it that understand privacy um and we got the passion we got the we got the skills and we got the passion so here we are
0: yeah i i think more the more privacy is a baseline um the better it is because yeah. it takes a lot of effort and i know a few things but there's no way i can claim to really be and sometimes I don't care. I mean, and that's Mm. hard too, because it's like, you have.
1: sometimes, sometimes I don't, (laughs) I know there's so much
0: voluntary surveillance, right. You know, we're on Twitter and here and there, but, but it's, it's interesting because sometimes you use, you know, a VPN, but then other times you don't. So you kind of have like two stacks of data and then that looks weird. It's like, if everything was just baselined, I'll say fungible in the term of, you know, every dollar, regardless of where it's been is equal to every other dollar. Um, if we kind of had that for data it would be get better but it needs de- we need developers like you to kind of institute it and of course governments yeah. to a degree i mean it's better to have government agree with you than to d- establish something despite what the government thinks <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we we like to think there's there's some uh qualities of maybe good government or better governance <laughs> sure. um you know but that's not the case so a lot of people are clueless in terms of privacy some people don't care about it but then you have different stacks of people that are fine, but they're using it, and yeah. that looks weird because everybody else isn't and it's just really kind of uh, kind of a mess uh, the digital environment's amazing, but it's like yeah. has the capacity for everything to be surveilled sure uh, whether I mean, it's in you, a private you, you touched, bucket or if it's a government looking or whatever yeah. but go ahead
1: you you touched on a very important point that you know sometimes we just don't care, and like i like I interrupted you. Even I don't care sometimes, right? Uh, I do have a uh, PGP key. How often do I send emails on it? How often do I decrypt emails that I receive <laughs> that are uh, PGP encrypted? Not very often, right? It's, it's only when something is just like, I don't even have to think. That's why I like Monero, right? You, I just send it and it works and mm-hmm. boom, there you go. With Bitcoin, you got to... you know. Um, you got to use the whirlpool and you got the coin control and, you know, cash fusion for Bitcoin cash and these things. Right. Um, And I try to make those as as easy and nice to use as possible, but it's got, it's got to be brain dead simple. It doesn't make you go out of your way much at all. Cause if it makes you go out of your way, even more than a little bit, even I shrug my shoulders sometimes and go, eh, I'll just do it the regular way (laughs) or the other way. And that that's, that's kind of the goal of stack wallet is that unless Privacy technology reaches a certain UX threshold; mm-hmm. it will not be used. Yeah. It will only be used by enthusiasts, only be used by the the the, the passionate hobbyists. Um, so, really, when Stack Wallet has a commitment to UX, it's yes, because we want people to use our product and we want cryptocurrency to be easy to use. But we want privacy to be that easy to use. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, nobody's going to use it, right? We we just came out with Cash Fusion for Bitcoin Cash. Uh, they did a FlipStarter, which is like their little fundraising shindig, and and we got uh, funded to do a Dart library of Cash Fusion, which is their primary uh, privacy technology, and it came out really good. Where really you just kind of click a button, uh, and it does it for you, um, and that that was kind of that that is kind of a feature um, of Cash Fusion in general. But uh, we I think we improved on that. We reduced the number of clicks. We you know Cash Fusion has like 12 different steps that are all scary sounding, and we've kind of distilled those down to uh five different steps uh, under the hood. You're still doing all 12 steps, but mm-hmm. it's pre- as presented to the user, this is you know what's happening, That's so it's, it's more understandable. Yeah. And so people know people can uh, be empowered by that information of what exactly is going on with their coins and how easy it is to use. Once again, Firo has similar to Zcash, you know, Firo has. Uh, the ability to privatize your coins or non-privatize it we we've we really worked hard and distilled it down to one button it just says anonymize funds and you tap it and it just works wow. and your funds are just private right mm-hmm. um, if it's not that easy to use people aren't going to do it and so at stack when we have this commitment to ux really it's so that way we can expand this privacy pool for everybody because for digital privacy in particular privacy is all about how big of a crowd you're hiding in And how um, homogeneous that crowd is. If your crowd is too small, if it's only 10 people, then even if somebody guessed at random, they still have 10% chance of finding you, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And if your crowd is huge of a million people, but everyone's wearing black shirts, and you alone are wearing a yellow shirt, then it doesn't matter how big that crowd gets, you're easy to find. 100% chance, yep. Yep. So in that sense, the crowd has to be big and homogeneous. And so we work uh, very hard to make it so that way under the hood a lot of the homogeneous portion happens under the hood. You want to do things that are not non-standard. You want to do everything in a standard way so that way everyone looks the same Um, but we increase the crowd size by making it easy to use so you just like tap the button and off you go to the races and now all of a sudden you're Uh, You're contributing to that. You're both benefiting from that big crowd size from the people before and also uh, contributing to how big that is. And going back to Litecoin, Mimbo Wimbo extension blocks, we touched upon the fact that very few people are using it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we hope that Stack Wallet will be a a huge resource beyond the core wallet that will expand that um, much, much bigger. Um, because now it is available on mobile. Now it is available to just kind of one tap and you're in Mimblewimble, right? You're in an extension block. And uh, that's going to be a benefit for the entire Litecoin ecosystem and a huge win for privacy as a whole.
0: Um, I agree with you. I'm trying to look here on the MWeb Explorer to see what the current, uh, how many uh, pegans are currently in as of today. 21, 900. Not a lot. 21,900 yep. are pegged in currently. I think the highest it was, was I think 300,000 over the summer. But again, this is only uh, within the Litecoin core ecosystem. Yeah. So for you for you to integrate that in the future to stack, yeah, I mean, I wish you all the success in the world to reap the benefits to your app um, because it's providing a gigantic service in your privacy environment. Um, I know on your website, uh, it actually says, I believe you're the bottom um, about interest in other Mimblewimble coins or protocol?
1: Yes, yeah, we we do have uh, Mimblewimble experience because we work with Epic Cash, which is a Mimblewimble uh, based coin. And uh, they are both, they're integrated into StackWant, and you can use it right now. And <laughs> Mimblewimble is, is quite the chunky beast, man. It is It is something else. Uh, so we have been through the highs and lows of Mimblewimble, um, which is why I believe that you know when we jump to Litecoin uh, and the Mimblewimble extension blocks, uh, it's not going to be that big of a jump for us. We've already we've already dealt with the lowest of the lows that Mimblewimble has to offer. So there's going to be no surprises for us. Um, and uh, check Epic Cash out. It's it's pretty neat. Also privacy minded people, they do their best to try to maximize privacy and stuff. Pretty neat neat people. Um, and It gives me a lot of confidence because epic cash works and does the decent stuff again i don't think privacy is as strong as monero but um actually it it was looking into epic cash that made me look into mimblewimble i mean i'd heard once again of mimblewimble extension blocks on Litecoin. i'd heard of it and i knew it was a privacy technology but when we started working on epic cash it's like okay you know mimblewimble does some some things pretty neat over here and you know the cut through and all this different stuff and so i'm like okay you know the Litecoin. Let me look into that a little bit more, and then I looked in it. I'm like, okay, I, I'm I'm sold. <laughs> I, I, I'm down. So uh, we do have Mimble Wimble experience, and uh, we are excited to to utilize that. Uh, and I, I I do think that makes us a really a really solid fit for being hopefully being first contender of getting uh minimum extension blocks out. For Let like, everyone
0: what? else copy you after you implement it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yep. All the other, I believe cake wallet would be a friendly uh, to, or friendly to the We're, idea. We are of, on, we are on good terms with cake. I yeah. like
1: the people behind cake and I think that they like me.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, so. they tend, you know, they're Monero, Bitcoin, Litecoin, you know, they yeah. kind of have a smaller yeah. pool than you're offering, but um Overall, a decent experience, and and I think yeah. they would be friendly to privacy. So I'm hoping, you know, we'll have a variety of options. But yeah, um, absolutely, you know, let Stack get it first. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, with you there. It's a beautiful wallet, very elegant, minimalist. This, by the way, just for people listening, I use it as an individual on the planet. This is not a paid conversation. There's no advertising here. This is just goodwill conversation, as I say, between Diego and myself. I think it's important for me to hear about this, and I think. This sort of information is important for you know, anybody in the Litecoin community, um, anybody that follows the podcast, et cetera. But um, you do need to check out the Stack Wallet. Um, just We talked already about some of the privacy things you've done. Anything we missed? What do you have kind of as a baseline, just default, or maybe there is opt-in too, but what sort of things are you doing for privacy? Like as your Tor, what else is going on yeah. in the
1: wallet? Yeah, so... Each coin has something slightly different as I had mentioned before. And so uh, we, we kind of have a commitment for all the, the big major coins, especially the ones that have cypherpunk ideals at the root. We wanna support uh, kind of all of those things. And so that comes in, in two ways. The first is by supporting privacy coins right? Um, the ones like the, the Moneros, the Furos, the Epic Cash, all of which required custom coding, custom stuff to be done to make sure that they work because they're not just Bitcoin derivatives that you know just work fresh off the shelf kind of thing. It required custom stuff, but we put the work in because privacy coins need to be supported as first-class citizens. Secondly, coins that are not privacy coins, but have privacy uh, uh, technology available to them, we need to make sure that those are in as well, and those are things like your uh, Bitcoin Cash with the Cash Fusion, your Bitcoin with the Whirlpool, which is on the list, that's not in there yet, but we're working on it, (laughs) Um, and your Litecoin with the Mimblewimble extension blocks. Um, We have to prioritize in terms of, you know, one, uh, again, this is a sad reality, who's willing to pay us? Those people get bumped up the list uh, because that allows us to keep the lights on, so we're like, yep, we'll prioritize these guys, and as long as it's working on privacy, I don't care, Mm -hmm. right? Um, but two, even the people that don't pay us, like, for example, for Bitcoin, we did PayNIMS um, with the BIP47, uh, which is which is easy to get working for Litecoin, by the way, if Litecoin has ever gotten interest in uh, PayNIMS. For those of you who don't know, um, it is a one-time address that you have to send to somebody. Usually, you know, it, it's recommended that you send a new address every time for privacy reasons. Don't reuse the same address over and over again. Send a new one, which Stack Wallet does by default, right? When you open the receive screen, um, it will show you a new address if it detects that you have already received coins in a previous address. So we, we handle all that behind the uh, behind the scenes, under the hood from the get-go. But something like PayNims make, is, a, is a very interesting little uh, cryptographic hack, a little fun little technology where you can send one address out there and... Um, the receiver or the sender, the person that you give it to that is going to send you money is able to generate a new address each time. Um, so in that sense, you, the person who is going to be receiving, don't need to send a new address every single time. You just kind of put one out there. This is actually really important for people like,
0: yeah.
1: for, this is really important for people like nonprofits because a nonprofit, uh, they want to just throw an address on their website and then just have you send to it. But that's the bad practice, because then all of their donations are being received to that one address, right? But with this technology, they just put the one uh, Paynum address, the BIP47 address up there, and everyone who sends to them will be, uh, as far as the blockchain knows and is concerned, sending to a different address, and it all comes in. Works for Bitcoin. Um, The the only two wallets that really support it are Samurai Wallet for Bitcoin and Sparrow Wallet, which is the big... uh, uh, desktop darling wallet for Bitcoin. Um, once again, it would work for Litecoin because you guys, you know, are the same base. So if Litecoiners yeah. ever wanted to have that technology, it would actually even be very easy for us to just lightly tweak our BIP47 library and get it working. But uh, nobody paid us to do BIP47. Again, it works for Samurai. They're Android only. It's, uh, and it works for Sparrow, which is desktop only. So there was no iOS uh, and to this day is also still the iOS wallet for uh bit 47 Paynim stuff. And we said, okay, well, we want to get this in there. So we, we, you know, rolled up our sleeves, got, got our hands dirty and uh, started working on bit 47 busted out a dart library for bit 47 that once again is open source available for anyone to use. If anyone wants to put that stuff in their thing um, it's not like super elegant. And there are some things that, not not our library bit 47 is a technology it's not super elegant there are some pain points to it but it's available and uh nobody paid us to do it Uh but we just we just got that commitment and uh yeah let, let's start a conversation up in litecoin to see if maybe you guys want something like pain ends up and going that'd be well that be would be neat.
0: interesting because it would be on just general litecoin because again we're yeah. going to compare that yeah. to general bitcoin which is transparent as a default um, mm. That would be super to have on on standard Litecoin addresses. The nice thing about MWeb is if any address starting with MWEB, it's already shielded. So you can mm. generate as many as you want, but you can't look inside of it. So that's pretty nice. Um, mm. So you have that with MWeb, but you don't have that with the standard um, standard Litecoin chain. I, again, Litecoin yeah. is a Litecoin, What regardless of if you're using the extension block, but they do behave differently. And yeah. so our standard L addresses or whatever... Um, you know, they would not have that. You'd have to generate yeah. one each time, or have you know the whole cascade of transactions. It's right. whatever you're interested in, but for privacy, that actually is pretty super. So,
1: yeah, um, and privacy is a tool belt, man. It's not like you get you use one tool and now you're private. It's mm-hmm. it's a variety of different tools that all kind of work together. So, jumping back to the question, you know, what else do we do? Like, um, we did those things with Bitcoin, and we got uh, Whirlpool on the horizon. We, like I said, we just uh, finished Cash Fusion for Bitcoin Cash. Um, and Tor was a big one. Uh, a lot of wallets don't have Tor baked in, especially iOS wallets, because iOS is much stricter about processes that they allow to run in the background or at all or whatever. And it's only been, it's only been recently um, in the past year, year and a half or so, uh, which is not a long time uh, that Tor has been kind of available on iOS. Mm-hmm. And we're one of the first and few wallets that has a baked in integrated Tor that you just tap on. Because otherwise, you have to tell people okay, download your Stack Wallet, but also download Orbot, which is a separate app. And then I want you to open that first, tap the Tor thing, and then you have to go into the settings and make sure that Stack Wallet is routed through that. You lose people. You lose people by step two. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you say, download Stack Wallet. You see that onion, tap it. Okay, now you're using Tor. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's that good easy. though. That, I mean, more yeah. people are, I mean, crypto generally, the space, you know, all 10 plus thousand coins, however many there are now, 20,000, you yeah. know, but it's expanded dramatically because the user experience has improved. I mean, the old days, yeah. why people weren't buying Bitcoin at a dollar or three dollars or Litecoin at two dollars, Because just nobody knew how to do anything, you know? Yeah. So, um, the space will only grow with user experience, and it's already yeah, dramatically yeah. grown because of user experience, so yep. uh, more will be revealed with all of that, but that's that's amazing what you're doing with the app. Um, do you have any concerns with the gatekeepers, if you will, like uh, Apple, you know um, Apple, yes. the app Store, <laughs> Google Play, Microsoft, the custodians yes. or the gatekeepers, as I say? Yes, I
1: cross my fingers every day that we don't get kicked for some stupid stuff. And it hasn't happened to other privacy, more bigger privacy projects like Tor, who does have you know, an Android app and stuff. It hasn't happened to those people, so if it hasn't happened to them, we should be safe. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that they're not going to come for everybody all at once, or um, as is often the case, especially with the uh, the walled gardens that are the Play Store and the iOS App Store, they sometimes... Um, apply their rules that they do have very unevenly letting certain apps slide and other apps not mm-hmm. so we could be we could be kicked and other people not so in, in that sense it could come as a surprise um, to us yeah. i i do I, I am i am concerned because the entire direction that our society is moving is one of less privacy over time for sure and privacy being vilified. So it is concerning. And in this sense, there is a big gamble here that I may not be able to make any of my money back before somebody throws the hammer down and, okay, no more privacy. But, you know, once again, uh, I got to walk the walk. I got to put my money where my mouth is. And if, I, if I'm like a big ideals guy, well, I can't just go talk about it on Twitter. I gotta I got to make the tools. I got to do something about it um and that that that's really what i keep coming back to every time every time i get scared about the money every time i get scared about you know getting shut down about you know well am i putting myself out there as a privacy person that i'm going to be targeted i'm putting a target on my back i'm like but if i don't do it who will
0: good question that's a great question and uh, i think we do need to stand on principles whether or not they're popular mm-hmm. um and i think the genesis of Bitcoin was all about that. If you look at it and think about the first inscription with the chancellor on the brink of bailouts and a a currency with a limited finite ultimate number without arbitrary inflation and, you know, centralized powers, you know, it's all goes back to those things. So uh, I personally applaud you. Um, You know, we, we need to stand for these things regardless of the casino that the space has become. Um, Let's see. I was going to, what did I want to add to you here? Oh, the worst case scenario. If you were to have an issue with one of these gatekeepers, I mean, it's not, it would just be what, delisting? Because they're not going to remove it from yeah. your phone. I don't think they have that capacity. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, And if it and if it's on Android,
1: it's not the worst deal in the world because we would still be able to distribute through F-Droid. Make no mistake, our downloads would drop dramatically. But you would still be able to get it either through Afteroid or just get the APK and put it on. It's a bigger deal if the App Store uh, cuts us out because there's like no way to put anything on an iPhone except for the App Store. Correct. Although that is changing in Europe uh, be- because of anti-monopoly, antitrust laws that I don't remember if it's every country or if it's the European Union as a whole or it's just specific ones, but they are being ordered to allow third-party apps um, onto their iPhones, which they will follow only for the required countries. They're obviously not giving up their iron grip and thirty yeah. percent uh, commission they get on everything everywhere just because one country says says so. Um, but we've all that's why we've also got our desktop options because you know your Linuxes and your uh, Mac OS and Windows, uh, you can put pretty much everything on there. So the one that would be a big blow is definitely iOS. We really wouldn't have any way to circumvent that. Um, unless we remove all the privacy options and just put it up as a regular crypto wallet, um, which might be an option or we hide those features really well. <laughs> uh, but uh, pretty much all the other ones, there are ways to get around that and there there is ways to use it. So the iOS losing it would suck because a lot of people in the America specifically use um, iOS, but globally Android is a bigger hmm. market. So. Uh, it kind of balances itself out in that way, but hopefully it doesn't
0: come to that. I would agree with you. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Um, and again, it would be more of a delisting, but if it's on my a, a device, it's, it's not going to be a race. I can continue to use it. I just, if you tell sure. your friend, he can't download it. That's, that's where sure. they, and there's, no, the and there's no
1: updates. So if there was a critical security issue or something, updates. you, you wouldn't be able to download the update for that. Um, which not which, which, a pretty honestly, picture, but again, we, no. we we
0: don't want to energize this <laughs> dystopian view. <laughs> sure. Um, we talked a little bit about features that are coming up. Uh, you know, possibly inscribing directly in mm-hmm. the wallet for ordinals. That's super. We talked about MWeb. That's excellent. Anything mm-hmm. else you want to share? Um, in terms of what might be coming down the road for Stack?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so all of our work is uh, available to see publicly. If you go to our GitHub repository, you can see the code as it happens day after day, as it's changing. Um, so none of nothing is nothing is private in that sense. And if you look at the different branches of the code base, you can just with the names that we have on them, you could probably guess pretty clearly what we're doing but the the next couple of batch of upgrades are going to be invisible upgrades in the sense that we're redoing the way that some wallets are done under the hood it should make for less um bugs overall which we don't have many but there are there's the occasional one that pops up and if we just restructure some things under the hood it should basically take care of all of those so taking the time to do that just to make sure it's even more stable than it is now. Again, we're basically running at 99% stability, but I just I want that last percent, man. I want that last percent. And uh the late uh, coiners yeah,
0: like our 100% uptime too versus bit the coins 99.98. <laughs> that's right. You guys have your
1: memes and we got to make sure that we that we that we hit on those um so that's coming up as always we got new uh themes in the works i don't know if you noticed but if you go to uh stack wallet settings appearance you can download different themes that we have for stack wallet some more hackery ones that are all black and orange like monero or some more pleasant ones like ocean breeze and and forest theme and those are all very silly and and fun and even all that's open source like we've got a little server so that way Stack doesn't ship with all of those because that'd just be, you know, a, a big bloat to download. You only download the ones that you want, mm-hmm. and that server is also open source, so anyone can make those. And the way that we make themes is also open source, so in theory, anyone can make themes. Um, I've actually been toying back and forth with making a uh, a Litecoin theme, just as a thanks to the Litecoin community for all that you guys have done in terms of, like I said, tripling our downloads overnight and stuff for the Ordinals people, and and making something like that. So uh, that that's that's a fun thing that after this next batch of things, when we kind of take a little bit of a breather and work on some lighthearted stuff that that's probably first in line um but other than that uh bitcoin whirlpool is going to be coming here pretty soon the Lantis spark like i said they're launching their thing in january so we're making sure we're ready for that well ahead of time uh more privacy features um uh more fine-tuned fine control advanced features like the coin controls but we uh we want to extend those the for example, Taproot uh, for Bitcoin, which Litecoin has as well, does it not? Correct. Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're working uh, working with the Peercoin people. They have made a really cool library for that, and want to be we want to be a part of that. So, uh, and everything that that unlocks. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what we're doing so far. A little bit less conspicuous. Tor was our biggest conspicuous upgrade. Like, oh, we got Tor now, right? And that took. Oh goodness, that was like a year-long journey. <laughs> um, and so we're taking a bit of a breather, doing some of the invisible work. So um unfortunately it's a little bit boring for the upcoming months where it's like stack will be more stable than ever. And if you've already had zero issues, then you probably won't notice. But uh um, and unless you use other coins and stuff, uh you you may not see different things at all. But um keeping a very close eye, especially now that you told me what you just told me with David Perquet about the memorable extension blocks. Um, we'll actually probably take a look at that spec now that I know about that in this upcoming week and start uh, plotting out what it would take to make a Dart library of this. I know we're, we'd still be waiting on the core upgrade. But hey, the, the, uh, the library could be ready to go. So as soon as that drops, it works for us.
0: Yeah. Um, and back to the Ordinals deal, you had the tripling in a bear market. So um, yeah, <laughs> God forbid things happen, and 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 uh, how do we say celebrations return, and and the environment and climate just with the the whole price side of things changes. So for sure, for may sure, there be Am bright I- bright days for for Stack and all of us. When I mean, we're still here, but you can yeah. tell the general sentiment's been down for a while. It's it's pretty, yeah. pretty terrible. It's like crickets everywhere.
1: And, you know, like you said, a lot (laughs) of it is due to the casino that this space has become, which is kind of sucky, but it is what it is. What are you going to do?
0: Yeah. What are we going to do? Well, you're doing some things and it's very good work. Um, Why don't we go to the FAQ and then we'll land this plane? Let's do it. Okay. So didn't have a whole lot. I, I don't, I still don't always publish these broadly. So we only have about three. Um, that's okay. more my fault than anybody else's. Um, but let's see, uh, Lighthouse AI on X, um, and that's the only place we really field these. We don't really go on other channels. Um, he was interested in web. We definitely touched on that today, and he said, "Maybe which countries does he notice a lot of user activity occurring if he has access to that sort of metric?"
1: I don't know. So do. the app stores themselves, Google Play and. Apple iOS, the App Store, uh, they do give us metrics for those, not because we love to collect those things. Um, And in fact, if you download off of F-Droid or the APK or our website or whatever, we don't keep any logs of anything um, for desktop and whatever. But for the Play Store and the App Store, the majority of it is coming from America. We've got a big clump in Argentina. We have a few countries in Europe that are pretty strong, and Australia as well, we've got, um, and a smattering of, of people here and there. Oh, the UK also, we've got a decent, a decent number in the UK. That's, I mean, not super surprising to me. Uh, it's probably about what I would expect. Uh, a lot of first world countries there. The Argentina thing was kind of cool. We have a, a, yeah. again a, a decent clump there, but that is only a fraction of the fraction of the fraction of the downloads that we have because we have a fair number of users that do download through FDroid or do download through the GitHub repository um, or use the desktop software, which we don't track anything anywhere from. So we don't keep any logs. So that's as much insight as I can give into it. Um, yeah, to answer that question.
0: Good deal. Okay, we have Luke Wright um he says he's hiking in Canada. can't say a whole lot because his signal's bad. He just wants to thank you. He says, thank them for all the support for ordinals. Truly, we are extremely grateful, great work, and of course, he's with Litecoin labs and and uh, he's doing a lot of other things. We had him on the show yeah. earlier as well, so oh cool, awesome,
1: awesome yeah if if you guys haven't tried out the Ordinals thing and you own Ordinals and you haven't tried stack give it a go. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of how it turned out. And we've got some more, you know, tweaking and stuff to do on there to make it more obvious when you're sending an ordinal and stuff. Uh, so we've got, we've got some, we've got some work to do on there, but I'm really, I'm really glad of how it turned out for the time being.
0: I think it's excellent so far. So if it gets better, we'll all be impressed. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I think it's the best thing to look at so far in the space. Um, last one here, it's from a master BTC LTC, Shan Ballou. He says he'd like to learn more about the people on your team.
1: Yeah, uh, pretty much all of us have a Monero background. <laughs> uh,
0: just, you know, as
1: I was in the different community, uh, as I was in the Monero community uh, and people either left to do different things or we kept in contact or what have you, as I was kind of building the Cypress Stack team, uh, I was just you know, talking with a lot of people I'm like, you know, I kind of want to do something with design and and research and development. And uh, some people were like, dude, I, I would be in. And so I, I built a team around me that is pretty much, you know, now that I think about it, it's pretty much 100%. At, at, at present time, it's 100% Monero based. Uh, we did have a couple of people coming and going that uh, were and were not and stuff, but at present time, our current team is pretty much Monero based um, and uh, that's how you know we're good people. We're the smart, we're the smart, respected people of the Monero community that all value privacy. Um, you know, I, I went in with my little backstory, but uh, you know, one of the Monero Research Lab researchers works with us. Uh, he doesn't work with Monero Research Labs anymore, uh, but he was very excited with what I was starting, and he uh, decided to hop on my train after he had he had left Monero Research Labs and it had been about six months. Um, but I had gotten in contact with him and and talked with him about this. He's like, yeah, I, I want in. So um, he's he's our cryptographer. Cipher Stack has a little cryptographer. It's it's the Cipher Stack team that's that's behind uh, Stack Wallet. And um, yeah, just some just some odds and ends developers that you know, Monero was written in C plus plus, and there were developers in the Monero community that. Don't write in C++ They didn't contribute to the core code or anything directly, but that doesn't mean that they didn't have other skills and found some people that knew Dart, Flutter, and uh, liked what we were doing, and so they decided to join up. So, okay. hope that gives some insight. I don't want to divulge, you know, being Monero people, we're a little bit, you know, <laughs> tight-fisted in regards to our own privacy, but we all, we all have that background. We all have that privacy background, and um, uh, pretty much everyone that yeah, I have, has a, has a good, has a decent design sense, even the developers. So we're, those, two, those two core things of privacy and user experience are, are common ground for the entire Cypherstack team.
0: Good deal. Uh, I know you also have a podcast. You've started to p- publish some video you know, podcasts and things on, on your YouTube channel too. So uh, yeah, it's not just yeah. a wallet. You have some kind of uh, information sessions too and sit downs with other folks in, in the crypto world.
1: Yeah, we've got a stat cast and uh we burned through a lot of people so we haven't uh, not burned the bridges but you know just put out so much content uh so quickly that we uh, we're not coming out weekly anymore but we'd love to have you on at some point and you can just let us know what's going on in the litecoin world and um just come out when they come out and we always ping our community you can go you know onto our telegram we got a discord we got a, a matrix if you're on element and uh just you know for updates and what have you so um yeah, you can go and we'll go watch the StatCast. We talk with pretty much all of the coins that we have on there, just leaders in the different communities and what they have to say, so.
0: Okay, well, it's been a pleasure, sir. I think I think we've done well today at this time. Um, we're running at about an hour 15 about what we normally do here. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, Litecoin community is grateful for what you built and it's inevitable that you're going to have more folks from Litecoin alone coming to your project, not to mention the other coins you support in those communities too. So uh, anyone interested in a minimalist, elegant, gorgeous, extremely easy to use wallet, you got to check out Stack. Um, Like I said, I've I use it and I love it. And I don't like mobile wallets, but I realize there's a place in the world for it. And I think a lot of people need them because they don't want to deal with core. They don't want to deal with desktop. They want yep. something in their hands. And to be fair for commercial purposes out in the world, we kind of need mobile too. So yep. I I personally need to come to agreement with that as well. Um, any final words from you, sir? No, it's been great having you guys.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was, it's, I'm not plural. Having you on, <laughs> but no, it's been great being on your show. <laughs> And uh, really enjoyed the Litecoin people. And yeah, when that Ordinal's explosion happened, like I kind of talked with more and more Litecoin people and you guys have just been a delight from beginning to end. So really appreciate you guys and your community and the support that you've given us. It's, it's really great. And we plan more for you all in the future.
0: Diego, thank you so much for coming on the thank show.
1: You. Thank you. See you, everybody.